Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I am your host, the freaking Fish Tank Guy. That's what's up. Okay, so uh, this is my second month in a row that I've gotten a podcast in, so kudos to me. Today is March. What is today? Today's March 20-something. March 29th. So I squeezed it in at the end of the month. But I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys for listening so much. I appreciate your support. And hopefully you will continue following me here on the podcast. Uh, Again, if there's anything you guys would like me to talk about or discuss, please feel free to send me something on, you know, Twitter or in a YouTube comment or email me, whatever, or uh, whatnot. I don't know what I'm saying. So anyway, today on the podcast, I'm going to try to make it a little shorter of a podcast. I don't have a lot to talk about this month, uh, honestly, because I didn't prepare a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to do the typical, you know, just intro, ask you guys what's going on, right? That good stuff. And then I will get into my fish tank update. I'm going to do five movie reviews in five minutes or less. Uh, Brief video game update. And then I'm going to do my fish tank topic of the week which is actually local fish stores. This is not so much of a research topic, but more of just a soapbox that I'm going to hop up on so you guys can hear me loud and clear when I talk to you a little bit about local fish stores. So, um, should I play the intro music? I don't know. I'm not... My intro music is okay, but I I need to switch it up a little bit. But I'm going to do the intro music. So, uh, all right, let's do that now. Okay, and we're back from the dope intro music. That's right. So, uh, what's been going on? It's March, end of March, April. Um, You know, as you guys know, I live in northwestern Pennsylvania where it snows all the time and it's really cold. And we've had a very, very nice early spring. We've had many 60-degree days. We had some campfires in the driveway with some folks. Um, it is only 30 today, but it's going to be 70 tomorrow. Imagine that. It's going to be 70 tomorrow. It's 30 today. So it's kind of hard to believe, but that's something to look forward to. Um, things have been going pretty good. Work has been okay. It's kind of been quiet lately, but I don't mind that. Things at home have been going good. I've been watching movies here and there, playing some games. My wife and I are into these true crime shows. We watch a show called Evil Lives Here. I don't know if anybody's seen that show. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Guys. Guys, I'm yawning already. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, Evil Lives Here. Man, this show is creepy. I, I, I give it that. So if you've never seen Evil Lives Here, it's essentially about people who are living with murderers or serial killers and they don't realize it like it's like their husband or their dad right or their brother that kind of thing it's a really creepy show uh i don't know why we're watching it i don't know what my wife's fascination with it is but she loves it and therefore we watch it a lot and uh, it's not a feel-good, fuzzy, you know, the world is a nice place kind of show. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those 
you know, old Dennis down the street there probably chopped up his mother-in-law and threw her in her, you know, threw her in the pond out back. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Makes you look everybody. You, you give everybody the old side eye, right? Give them all the old side eye. What you up to there, boss? You look normal, but uh, I'll tell you else who else looked normal. I'll tell you who else looked normal. Jerry. Jerry on Evil Lives Here, right? He was a he was a truck driver, honest living, family man, had a wife, had some kids, um, you know. And his hobby was chopping up people and leaving them on the side of the highway. <laughs> oh, jeez. The interesting thing about these shows, however, is... I'm sorry, I'm fighting back yawns. I don't know why. I'm a little tired. Doing some gaming last night. Stayed up a little too late, maybe. Um... The interesting thing about these shows, they always start off with a, a brief kind of like intro, and it's usually just text, right? It's text. It's like Donna would soon find that her husband was not right. And then it would say, then it says, but there were signs. So, like, these people could have maybe seen this coming, right? But they didn't. And I think it's very interesting because. A lot of these episodes, if you were in love with a person or you knew the person really well for a long amount of time and they started exhibiting these weird behaviors, you would do what a lot of these people do, which is chalk it up to like, oh, they're tired. They've stayed up gaming too late last night. <laughs> no, but like, oh, they're tired. They had a bad day. They're, you know, they're cranky, right? A lot of them start to be like verbally abusive. Um, some of them start to be like physically abusive. They get violent. They have outbursts, almost like they're bipolar. So that part is kind of interesting because there are a lot of episodes where I could see that. But then there are some episodes when you just you you're watching it and you the people that are in it are dumb, right? You just kind of think they're dumb. Like this one, this one girl, her brother, she knew that he was kind of weird. Okay. They were really good friends, and they were close, but he would do weird things every now and then. And at one point in the episode, she says, oh, yeah, so I was sitting at the, you know, table, or I can't remember where she was. I was you know, I was sitting in the kitchen at the table, and I had a, a parakeet or some sort of bird. And my brother walked over, opened the, opened the parakeet's door, broke its neck, and then gave me the bird or whatever. And that's a sign. That's a sign. If if you have a kid or a brother or a sister, for those of you who are listening, if you are younger, right, and you're checking out the Fish Tank Guy podcast, thank you for your young person support. But if you have a sibling, you know, living at home with you, and they torture or kill some sort of animal, that's your sign. Yeah, that's that's it right there. You don't really need, you don't need to wait 10 years until he murders somebody. If he stabs the cat next door, or he, you know, bites the head off a frog, or, you know, he, you know, throws your hamster out the window, there's something wrong with him, or her, 
but it's usually him. Guys are weird, right? So that's the sign. So I feel like when I watch this show, not only is it, it telling me about this horrendous person and this evil, evil lives here, I, I think that's what it's called, right? It's It's kind of like a lesson. Like, don't end up on this show in 10 years because you missed the signs that your brother-in-law was murdering old people down at the farmer's market. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's it's an interesting show. If you've seen it and you like it, let me know. If you've seen it and you hate it, let me know. If I yawn some more times, we could play a drinking game if you guys listen to the podcast at home. Uh, we play a drinking game. Every time I yawn, you take a shot. You guys are going to be sleeping by the time I get 10 minutes into this thing, apparently. Just like I'm almost doing, I guess. So anyway, so that's what I've been doing. Life is okay. Pandemic is settling down a little bit, which is cool. And, you know, I watch murder shows every night before I go to bed. So, sweet dreams to me, I, I guess. So anyway, um, let's see. What are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to do our fish tank update. Okay, so... As you guys know, I've got the BioCube, I've got the Fluval, and I've got a Frag Tank. The BioCube is doing really nicely. I actually just installed some supplemental lighting onto the BioCube, and it adds a nice pop of blue to the tank, which is one thing the BioCube stock hood is sorely missing. So the BioCube kind of has a yellowish look to it. But I added some actinic LED bars that have really, like I said, you know, upped the level of blue in the aquarium. It makes the corals pop a lot more. And overall, it just makes the tank look nicer. I'm going to outline those changes on my channel. I'm going to show you guys what I used. And the nice thing here is you're not going to be breaking your budget. You know, most LED fixtures are like $250, $300. These are supplemental lights are not going to cost you any more than like 40 bucks. So it's definitely something you guys should check out in the coming weeks. But I think it's really helped improve my BioCube. I've noticed that after I took the sea urchin out, I'm starting to see the return of some algae again. So I'm definitely going to have to replenish my cleaner crew. A lot of my hermits and things have died over time. Um, so I'm going to have to do that. But otherwise, the BioCube is looking really good. I'm working on a new feeder door that incorporates a fan uh, for cooling. That's something my dad is helping, with, helping me with. He's got a 3D printer. He loves it. He spends a ton of time on it. So he's helping me design something that hopefully you guys will enjoy. And if you have a BioCube, I'm hope, hoping to offer it for sale uh, to help you with your cooling of the tank. If you don't want to install a two $300 cooler like a lot of people don't want to do. Now the Fluval, the Fluval's looking good. There haven't been many changes. The corals are looking nice. I've decided it's kind of going to be like a Zoa Garden type tank. Um, I do have a torch in there. I do have a frog spawn, but they're in the back of the tank just to add some movement. And then I have a lot of, you know, small zoanthid colonies that I want to spread uh, over the rock and create a really nice blend of colors and you know neon neon colors also that pop when the blues are on right at night so uh, I'm really enjoying that tank it's been really easy to maintain 
I'm not sure if adding the biological filtration media in the form of marine pure gems has helped, but I, you know, I do water changes every two or three weeks and the tank is looking pretty nice. So I love that fluval. I'm going to do a video in the next few weeks about, you know, if you want to start a reef aquarium for the first time and you have the budget, what tanks do you get? BioCube is a great option. Fluval Evo is a great option. They cost a little bit more than a budget build, but if you think that you're confident enough that you'll like saltwater, a saltwater tank, excellent options. A few people have reached out to me separately, like on Instagram or Twitter, and asked me what they should do for their initial tank, and they wanted a 10-gallon tank. And I said, look, if you have the money, like a lot of these folks have been younger people, right? So I'd say like, hey, if you have a birthday coming up or a holiday or something and your parents would be willing to get you a tank that's X amount of dollars, definitely go with like the Fluval Evo. It's worth it. It's going to be easier for you. Uh, it looks nicer and it's all in one. So I love that Fluval Evo. It's a great tank. It's really nice. really like it. Uh, last but not least, my frag tank. Not a lot to update you on the frag tank. I'll just say that it's been... I haven't really done a whole lot with it, to be honest with you. I need to get some snails in there to keep it clean. I do have a bare bottom tank, but I need a cleaner crew to maintain um, the cleanliness within that tank. So it needs a little help. But things are doing relatively good in it, so I'm happy about that. And at some point, I am going to try to sell some of the frags that I have. So that'll be fun. All right, so that's my fish tank update. So now I'm going to move on to... Uh, let me do a quick video game update. <clears throat> still playing Apex Legends. Still playing Fortnite occasionally. Uh, just recently downloaded Dungeon Defenders Awakened for the Xbox. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this is a remaster. Re it's like a remake, reimagining of the original Dungeon Defenders that came out roughly 10 years ago. Now, it's a tower defense game. Um, it's like a hero tower defense game. So there are multiple heroes. They each have their own towers and traps they can build. And then you also level up your hero as well. Um, I had never played a game like that before. I, I played that game with my best friend. Um, we had never played a game like that before 10 years ago, and we loved it. We fell in love with it. We loved the leveling system, the you know equipment, the increasing, you know, moving stats around, like the strategy of it. It was challenging, which was cool. And we were really excited when they were basically redoing the game for the new for the new generation of consoles. And we've been playing that for about two weeks and we really love it. So Dungeon Defenders Awakened, it's 30 bucks. But if you like a good challenge and you have someone to play with, uh, you know, co-op experience, definitely an awesome game. Pick that up. Other than that, I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. It hasn't grasped me yet. hasn't, you know, sucked me in yet. And I'm also considering starting Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I've had it on my shelf for quite some time. I have a physical copy of it, actually. And I've never played it. So I just loaded it onto the Xbox the other day. And hopefully I'll give that a shot soon. I did play some Apex Legends last night with my best buddy and another really good friend of mine um, that's a gaming friend. And we played ranked, and we got four ranked wins in like two and a half hours. So it's pretty awesome. It was a lot of fun. All right. So moving on, we're going to do our five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I have a, a wide range of movies. 
and I'm going to try to get through them kind of quickly here so we can get back on to the fish stuff with the fish tank topic of the week. All right. First movie, Lucy. This movie came out in 2014, stars Scarlett Johansson, basically about someone whose mind is unlocked due to drugs that are um, released in her system. So she starts using more and more of her brain. Kind of a cool concept. Got a little too out there at the end. I say this it came out in 2014. Got a little too out there in the end. Morgan Freeman is in it. I really like him. But there were a lot of awesome action sequences early in the movie. But when you got towards the end of the movie, eh, I didn't really like how it ended. I thought it was... I was like, what? Like, I was like, what? Okay, what? All right, I don't know, right? C plus. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. Don't waste your time. I gave it a C plus because there were some sequences that I thought were really cool that I was glad that I got to see. But overall, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't do it. All right, next is Greenland. This movie came out in 2020, stars Gerard Butler. It's essentially an end-of-the-world movie about a series of comets or asteroids that are going to hit the surface of the Earth. And a select number of random citizens are chosen to go to bunkers, basically, or underground, whatever, so they can survive and basically continue the human race after this asteroid you know, asteroid, whatever, shower, hits the earth. I thought it was really good. I actually watched it twice. I watched it by myself because I wasn't sure how good it was going to be. And then I watched it with my wife. We both really liked it. I gave it an A-. minus. I definitely think it is worth checking out. A lot of good action, good family drama. Um, it's not like a CGI-like fest, so don't don't get turned off by that. But it's, it's definitely very interesting, and there's some really cool scenes in it. So it's definitely worth checking out. Um, next movie is called The Postcard Killings. This came out... I'm just going to make sure I'm still recording. Okay. Uh, this came out in 2020. It stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or Negan, from The Walking Dead. Um, basically about... Uh, I'm not giving away anything here. It says it in the first couple minutes of the movie. But his daughter is murdered. And he is he might be retired like he's a detective but he's like retired or like he's an american detective and happened in paris and like he's in whatever i don't know but the interesting thing about it is the people who are murdered are like positioned in a certain way to look like a painting so it's like you know really deranged serial killer stuff more more of the you know, more stuff that i need to watch right i don't know um i thought it was okay I thought it had potential. I really like Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. I think he's awesome. He's a really good actor, in my opinion. Um, I thought the story left a little bit to be desired. There was a, a nice twist in there in the middle that I thought was cool. But at the end of the day, nah, I gave it a B-. minus. So it's worth watching once. But don't go in with super high expectations. Okay, um, next one is a really old movie called What Women Want. came out in the year 2000. stars Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. If you haven't seen this movie and you were an adult, I would recommend that you see it. It's very funny. It's basically about a guy who's like a chauvinistic pig. And, you know, one day he he falls in a bathtub with a toaster and he doesn't die, but he can then hear everything that women are thinking. And it's a really, fu- it's a really funny movie. It's also like a romantic comedy type deal. But, um... I think it's a great movie. We watch it with the kids because they're old enough now to understand and, and get it. And 
Uh, it's definitely a movie we're checking out. What Women Want came out in the year 2000. I gave it a B plus. I'm hovering between B plus A minus. I think it's a really good movie. Um, and then the last movie that I watched, I just watched it yesterday with my wife, is The Mauritanian. Came out in 2021. Really cool movie about 9-11 and someone who was arrested as being one of the recruiters for the guys who flew the planes into the Twin Towers. Now, the interesting thing about this movie is it's uh, based on a true story. And it doesn't even say based on a true story. It says this is a true story, which is pretty intimidating when the movie starts. But basically, it's about a guy who was arrested and held in Guantanamo Bay for many years without any charges being placed against him simply because people thought he was one of the 9-11 conspirators. Now, I won't give it away, but it's a very well-done movie. It's at times hard to watch. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. And it shows a side of humans and the government and... I don't know. It shows a side that you don't normally see, which is when a tragedy strikes, you know, some people are very hell-bent on revenge, right, and on justice. And sometimes <clears throat> that justice will come at any cost. I'll just leave it at that. Very good movie. I gave it an A-. minus. Even though I gave it an A-, minus, I don't know if it's one of those movies I'd watch again, only because some parts of it were really tough to watch and some parts of it were kind of sad. Um, but really well done. Awesome movie. The Mauritanian. has Jodie Foster in it. And I um, can't remember the other guy's name. I don't even know the lead guy's name. She's the only like big name that, I, that, that stuck with me. Really cool. Really cool movie. All right. So that was longer than five minutes. Sorry. That's the way it normally goes. If you're new to the podcast, you can't believe anything I say about the duration of the podcast. I'm always wrong. Um, about fish stuff, you can believe me, though, because I am a credible source. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So I'm not going to talk very long about this. Like I said, I didn't do research. I'm going to try to keep it fairly short, and then I'm going to go into the fish of the month. Oh, I've only been talking for 22 minutes. 22 minutes. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, maybe it was five minutes or less. All right. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about local fish stores. Um, I don't have anything revolutionary to say here. But there are some people who are probably new to this hobby or some people who maybe are not... Um, how do I put it? They're not that passionate about this hobby yet, right? Uh, they they like fish tanks. They want to start a saltwater tank. They want to learn. They want to learn things. They want to. They don't want to kill their fish, right? They want to grow coral, <clears throat> all that good stuff. And uh, well, a lot of times people think that local fish stores are the end all be all of fish knowledge. And I'm gonna open a drink here because my. My voice is my voice is going soft there. I can't talk very long. Alright. Sorry for that. <clears throat> um people think local fish stores are the end all be all. They think local fish stores are um trustworthy, 
I guess is the right word. And they also think local fish stores are where you should always go to get your fish. Now, I don't disagree with supporting local fish stores. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're they're all a sham. You should just go to Petco, <clears throat> right? Or you should go to PetSmart. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you have access to multiple local fish stores, I really encourage you to check out more than one. And the reason being is that the interesting thing about this hobby is that prices are very arbitrary. Is that the correct word? I'm not sure, but it sounds good. Okay? Prices are very arbitrary. If I'm using the word incorrectly, what I mean is that prices can kind of fluctuate from day to day, from minute to minute, from customer to customer, right? And I think that a lot of times when you're new to the hobby, you look to these local fish stores as your source of expertise, which you should be able to do, right? You shouldn't have to go and listen to some moron on a podcast talking about fish to learn anything. You should be able to go to your local fish store and learn something, right? So I can understand that, you know, because they are a source of expertise, you want to trust them, you want to learn from them, that you kind of accept what they tell you or what they offer to you as as correct, as uh, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I'm, you know, I'm trying not to be too negative here, but um, I think it's I think it's important to know and important to remember that local fish stores are still business. Okay, it's still business. They're still out to make money, which is fine. They should be able to. But my issue with local fish stores is that sometimes they do a they do a few things. One, they sort of they will tend to talk down to you. Right, if you're a new fish person, they'll tend to talk down to you. They're uh, king of the castle. I have a chair, right? <clears throat> they um, they're the expert. They know it, and they know that you know nothing, right? And uh, I feel like there's a little bit of talking down to there. So there, there's one thing to look out for. Um, if somebody is short with you when you're starting to answer questions, right? If they're kind of like annoyed by the questions you're a- asking might not be the place to to be okay so that's the first thing the second thing is that i've noticed there are some local fish stores that don't put prices on any of their coral now the reason this is kind of a red flag is that for people who are in the hobby and who have been in the hobby they have a decent idea as to how much these things should cost but for those who are new and are, who have never been in the hobby before, they're just going. You're just going based on what they have listed, right? And like I said, you're looking to them as the expert. You would expect them to charge the proper amount of money for a coral, right, or for a fish. And uh, unfortunately, this is often not the case. Uh, I've gone to numerous numerous fish stores within the same city and seen and seen wildly varying prices on coral. And look, it's the right of the fish store owners to sell the coral for whatever they think, you know, it demands in terms of price. That's completely up to them. But what I don't like is I don't like when things are not marked. 
I don't like when you constantly have to ask the store owner how much things cost. And I also don't like, this is the other thing I don't like. I don't like when you ask them and they go, um, you know, uh, this normally 50, but I'll give it to you for 40, right? They think, you know, you think you're getting a deal, right? <clears throat> but it's not marked. They could have said whatever they want, right? They could have said, hey, you know what? Normally goes for 100, but you look like a schmuck, so I'll sell it to you for 40. How does that sound? Wow, gosh dang, that sounds awesome, man. You just gave me 60% off because I'm a schmuck, right? Yeah, not a big fan of that. So if you walk into a local fish store and they don't have things labeled, if they are short with you, when you ask them questions, they're kind of talking down, you kind of give you like a weird attitude, it might not be the place for you. And, and let me let me be very clear when I say this, in that it is worth the drive. It is worth the drive to find a, a local fish store where the owners and the employees make you feel comfortable and make you feel welcomed. And they offer fair prices and they offer consistent prices to their customers. It's worth it. Even if you have to drive an hour, it's worth it. Because there have been numerous times that I went to a local fish store before. You know, I bought a coral or I bought something and I walked away from the experience not feeling great. You know, like, like oh, I got a coral, but like, that was kind of weird, right? Like, I think I got a good deal. Maybe. I, I don't know. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. They can still they can still swing you on the price by marking it a certain price and then telling you you can get, have it for less. But at the very least, you know that you know that if there's a, a frag tank and they have a price on it, like you're in the ballpark of paying that much. Whereas in stores when things aren't marked, you could point to something. You might think it's like 20 bucks, and they'll come back and they'll say like, oh, that's uh, $60 a polyp. There's two polyps on it. It's 120 bucks, right? Which is kind of a which is kind of a awkward type feeling, <clears throat> because a lot of times they'll say they'll say things like that, almost under the assumption that you know you're gonna buy it or you could afford it or you could even consider it, right? For me, two polyps for 120 bucks, I wouldn't usually even consider it, right? And it just puts you in like an awkward position, I guess. So at the end of the day, all I'm saying is that local fish stores are an excellent resource. My favorite fish stores are local fish stores, right? I'm not going to go to Petco and be like, this is my favorite saltwater store. This is my favorite one. It's not. I mean, I think Petco serves its purpose, right? I go to Petco a lot, but um, only because I don't have really many local fish stores in my area. And I'll tell you, but so I'll say that local fish stores are my some of my favorite fish stores. But, you know, I've also had some of my worst experiences at local fish stores as well, right? Just like awkward feeling, you know, kind of like this overarching feeling that you're getting taken for a ride. You know what I mean? They're giving you the old right there, Fred, right? Knocking you upside the head with the high cost. <clears throat> I don't know. So that has happened to me almost as equally as me walking away being like, dang, that's a great store. So for those of you who are new to the hobby, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, find a place where the owner will be very honest with you, right? 
find a place where they'll they'll answer your questions even if they're stupid questions right because the best fish stores want to encourage people to be a part of this hobby and, and they want to encourage people in the correct way so they'll be successful right if you go into a local fish store and you tell them that you're a new you're new to the hobby and they start recommending SPS coral to you or coral that are very difficult to keep or things like that probably not the place for you you know probably not the place for anybody really other than the elitist reef keepers who will who will turn up their nose at all of the all of the peons down in in reef land right like i said king of the castle i have a chair king of the castle right i don't know so that's my soapbox rant on local fish stores take it or leave it um hopefully you take some advice from that because uh, i don't like to see people get taken advantage of um to be honest with you i've been thinking about potentially opening a local fish store myself um honestly you know i have a 40 hour a week job right now so it'd be something that i'd test the waters with and that is going to be in the form of having frag tanks seeing if there's interest in my area for people to purchase coral right to see if there'd be a market for an actual fish store and kind of going a, going a little bit at a time to see if it's something that's viable but these are things that i that, that i definitely consider and keep in mind when i think about starting my own store right all the things that i felt were negative about the other stores that i went to i don't want to do i want to be the opposite of that right i want my if i do you know if i do someday i want my store experience to be a positive one like those stores that i go to that i walk away feeling like well that was fun you know i learned something like they're really helpful in there and i got a cool fish right i got a cool coral today right so yeah all right sorry about that guys it was kind of long but i'm still only clocking in at 34 minutes which is pretty good for me because all i have left is fish of the month and then we're going to wrap it up for podcast. This is podcast number 21, by the way. It's crazy, right? All right. So our fish of the month is brought to you by Live Aquaria. Not, not really. I don't have any ad reads. This is, this is where I get my information, though, Live Aquaria. So I can't believe I've never done this fish before. It's a very common fish. It adds a nice splash of color to your aquarium. But there are some things to keep an eye out for. If you decide to buy one of these fish. Uh, today I'm going with the yellow-tailed damselfish. Some of the first fish that I had when I was starting the hobby. Uh, care level easy. Here's where you have to look out for them. Their temperament is semi-aggressive. Okay. Um, this particular fish, the color form is blue or yellow. Reef compatible, yes. This says minimum tank size is 30 gallons. I think that's crazy. I think you can put them in a 10-gallon tank. You can have one in a 10-gallon tank and it'll be fine. All right, so let's read the overview, and then we'll get into the customer reviews. All right, overview. The yellow-tailed damselfish is extremely hardy and gorgeously colored. In fact, it's considered by many aquarists, both beginning and advanced, to be the ultimate damselfish. This is partly because of its jewel-blue body... I just rewound. This is partly because its jewel blue body is contrasted by an energizing yellow tail. The color combination looks stunning against any backdrop of corals and live rock. 
But what pleases Aquarius most is that the Yellow Damsel is less aggressive and does not need as large of an aquarium as other damsels. But they still have it as a 30-gallon. Silly. Um, let's see. Though most Yellow Damselfish will ignore other fish, invertebrates, and corals, some may be territorial to towards its own kind or similar-sized fish. The yellow damsel, yellow-tailed damsel, is best kept in small groups of odd-numbered fish, in suitably sized systems. Okay, let's go down to the Custer testimonials here. How many do we have? Ooh, baby, we got fourteen of them. So I'm gonna read like two. All right. Um. Let's see. Ray G. Ray G. is a friggin' G. From Porterville, California, says, My yellowtail has lived for four months. I started him in a 20-gallon long tank, and now he swims happily with my three striped damsels and two clowns in a 75-gallon. I would recommend this fish to everyone. Let's see. Daniel C. from San Antonio, Texas, says, I love my yellowtail. He took to his new tank like it had always been home. A little aggressive towards the clownfish, but does not tip. I'm pretty sure I meant to say nip, as in terms of nip and bite and pick at the other fish. I've done lots of homework on other types of damsels, but since I only have a 24-gallon tank, I think my best bet is to get two more. Can't beat the price on this beauty. Thank you, Daniel, from San Antonio. Let's see here. Crystal P. from Three Rivers there says, uh, Massachusetts, or is it Maine? Mm, it's Massachusetts. My yellowtail tends to be happy swimming around in his corner of the tank all day. The only time he shows some spunk is when it's feeding time. Then he'll face the wrath of my blue devil to eat. It gets along nicely with the other fish in the tank, though. All right. Okay, this one is uh, a little bit longer, so we'll end on this one. Jesse W. from Marietta, Georgia says, They are so cute and fun to watch. I've had it for two days, and the first half hour they hid behind a rock, and now they act like they own the tank. Woo! I have two of them and got them partly because of their beauty and because I hoped that they would put my clownfish in her place. As she has been beating up on my PJ Cardinalfish. Ooh! Naughty clownfish. I have two I have two clownfish and a PJ Cardinal fish, and they haven't given what? They haven't given the PJ Cardinal fish. His name is Windex. His name is Windex? You named your fish Windex? <laughs> okay. Alright. I have two clownfish and a P.J. Cardinal fish, and they haven't given Windex, in parentheses, the P.J. Cardinal fish, a glance. That's that's great. She's got a clownfish. She's got a cardinal fish whose name is Windex. I would totally recommend them, but get at least two as they are social fish. Jesse, you're one of my favorite posters on Live Aquaria now because you named your fish after a gosh dang bottle of cleaning solution. <laughs> Windex. Classic. All right, well, I'm coming in at around 40 minutes, which is pretty good for a podcast, I got to say. I like to keep it around half an hour. I like to keep it under an hour. So 40 minutes is a nice 
compromise. Wouldn't you say wouldn't you say so, everybody? Sure, you'd say so. I can't hear you. I'm only sitting in the car talking to myself. That's right, I'm in the car again. This is what I do now. I drop my kids off at their lessons and I sit in the car and I record a podcast. Adulthood. <laughs> Alright. So once again, I am the Fish Tank Guy. Thank you so much for listening to the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I appreciate you. Uh, Please stay tuned to the YouTube channel. I'm going to have merch coming out soon. I think I will do some podcast merch also, even though I know only five people will listen to the podcast. If you're one of the five, you know, buy a podcast mug or something. Maybe we'll get one other person to listen if they see your mug. If they see your cool mug when you're sitting at home by yourself listening to my podcast. Uh, It was worth a try. Anyway, um, yeah, so stay tuned to the YouTube channel. Going to have some good videos coming out. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you are enjoying the oncoming springtime wherever you are located. I hope the weather gets nicer. I hope the pandemic settles down a little bit so we can all get back to being outside and hanging out with our family and friends without worrying about getting sick and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and um, I will see you on the next podcast. All right, guys. Uh, Talk to you later. Bye-bye.